Can you develop new life skills at work? I'm here to say, of course you can. If this is your first time listening to the View 112 podcast, I am employed full-time. I am also a student, writer, intense reader, and obviously podcaster. My plate is pretty full when it comes to finding time to learn additional skills beyond what I'm already doing. Still, I've thought about three new things I can learn while at work and getting paid that will improve my quality of life, make me a better contributor, leader, creator, and problem solver. Then I'll put my challenge out to you. Up next here on the View 112 podcast. Welcome to the View 112 podcast. I'm Janita Morris. As an avid reader, writer, and businesswoman, I'm passionate about literacy and self-development. Here, I think out loud and share my perspective on life, balancing a career, and building a writing business. Let's get into it. Hello, everyone. Today is Monday, September 11th, and I just finished watching an observation on TV for 9-11. And um, just during that observation, definitely took a moment to reflect back to that day when such devastation hit our country um, and just really reflecting on how we've rebuilt and how we're stronger now um, than we were after the events that occurred on um, 9-11. Still, I know that there are people who who lost loved ones and that's not something that you, you know, can rebuild from. And so my thoughts and prayers are with people um, who are still, you know, uh, mourning or missing loved ones on today. Um, and we'll never forget we're still with you. Um, to all of my friends in the Caribbean and in Florida, you have had a long weekend um, with uh, Hurricane Irma. And my thoughts and prayers and resources go out to you all as well as you rebuild. Um, ooh, it's been a lot going on. Uh, this last week, I attended my first book festival, the Library of Congress National Book Festival at the Washington Convention Center. And I wrote a blog post about my experience, and it's up on view112.com. I encourage you to check it out. Um, one of the authors that I got to listen to um, was Thomas Friedman, and he wrote the book, Thank You for Being Late, which I wrote a book review about it. And um, Thomas Freeman said a couple of things that resonated with me. I took notes about them. Um, Before I share those with you, as I'm thinking about it and reflecting on the book, he talked a lot about climate change in the book and um, this concept of black elephants. And when I wrote my book review, I talked about how we need to stop ignoring the black elephants in life. But in his book, he talked about the black elephants of climate change and how we need to stop ignoring them and the warning signs around climate change. And I thought about that so much this weekend and, and last weekend as we have been looking at the devastation caused by these hurricanes is anytime that you hear language like this is historic or we've never seen anything this big before, or, you know, um, in terms of hurricanes, um, or this is record, I think they said of Hurricane Harvey, it was historic rainfall, there had never been that much rain that had fallen in Houston before. This is the largest, Hurricane Irma was the largest hurricane to ever hit the U.S., and how how wide the hurricane was, and um, how strong the winds were, all the, the, um, 
the rainfall that it brought, and not just to the U.S., but to the Caribbean. It was a record storm. Um, and when you hear words like that, record-breaking, this is the biggest one, we've never seen anything like that before. Those are real, not just red flags, those are blaring you know, sirens about climate change and how real it is, and we need to continue to do things that will, um, you know, positive, positively um, impact the outcome of of climate change and recognize it's real and and do some things to protect our planet better, regardless of what um, other people may seem to think in our administration, um, in our presidential administration. We need to be focused on those things. I digress. Back to Thomas Freeman in his speech, um, he did mention two things that resonated with me. One, he said, being a lifelong learner is the largest competitive advantage in the accelerator age. And two, he said, the biggest divide is the self-motivation divide. And gone are the days that one can get a college degree and ride on that knowledge for the rest of their days. We all need to constantly acquire new skills, skills that will make us better contributors, better leaders, better creators, and better problem solvers. And as soon as he said those two things, I had my phone with me, whipped out my notes app, and um, I, I jotted those down. And my first thought after hearing him say that was, Janita, you are on the right track. Um, I'm an advocate for development. I mean, that is what I talk about on this podcast. Um, I'm also in school and um, I'm in school studying a different major than before. Before, when I was in school at Hampton University, back in the day, I was an English major. Currently, I'm studying um, and earning my degree in management studies. And so I feel like I'm on the right track of being a lifelong learner. I'm I'm an avid reader. I you know build a lot of skill sets or build a lot of skills outside of work. And I feel good about the path that I'm on. After thinking more about it, though, I thought about ways that I can challenge myself in my current role while at work to build new skills, and that you know development and skill building don't always have to happen off the clock. There's a lot of in-role learning that we all can do. And while my plate is pretty full outside of work, what am I doing to challenge myself with the time that I have at work to build skills on the clock? Studies show that adults learn and retain information best through experiential learning. Um, I will admit that I'm blessed. One of the greatest things about where I work is that it fosters an environment that is conducive to learning. There's an abundance of information and opportunity to practice and develop new skills all the time. Um, And if you're so much so, I would say that if you're not careful, these opportunities can be taken for granted. Um, Before I share the, the things that I'm going to be focused on learning on the job, I want to challenge you this week to analyze your work environment and see how you could be building new skills while actually doing your job. Look for skills that, again, will make you a better contributor at work, a better leader for your team, uh, help you be a better creative and come up with more ideas and solutions and innovate, and be a better problem solver. Um, So let's get into mine. My first on the job skill is language learning. 
one of my lifelong dreams and goals is to become multilingual. I've shared that on the podcast before. I'm a communication junkie, hence all the reading and writing and podcasting too. I have a plan that as soon as next year, when I complete my degree, that I will begin to use my educational assistance benefit towards language learning. That's one of one of the great benefits that I have at work. And I thought that I would just hold off on language learning until that time. Like I'm already studying enough for school that I don't have time to take up language courses and my time off of work. I I have all the apps and my mother purchased me Rosetta Stone like years ago and, and I've dabbled with it here and there, but I just thought, you know what, I'll wait until I can dedicate the time to you know, do language learning outside of work, but I have an opportunity at work every single day to brush up on my Spanish in particular. Um, And I have an opportunity not just to learn Spanish, but quite a few languages very easily. I work in a very diverse environment and we have a variety of people on our team that speak all kinds of language. Um, But for me, no language is more accessible than Spanish. I've taken seven years of Spanish um, in school in my life, and I know a lot of people who speak Spanish, and I meet customers that speak Spanish all the time. And so I'm going to brush up on my Spanish while at work. I have some experience doing this in the past. So when I was in banking, I used to have a teller that was bilingual. And after learning that I wanted to speak the language, she would only speak Spanish to me. And while I struggled to understand her sometimes, this did help me brush up on my Spanish. And as I expanded my vocabulary, uh, I began to be able to communicate with her a lot better. Um, And I would understand more of what she was saying as time went on. And I would respond back to her. And even if what I was saying wasn't correct, she would correct me in the moment um, or help me with my pronunciation on certain things. And overall, this really helped me um, brush up on my Spanish. I learned a lot of financial terms because we were obviously in banking. Um, And sometimes I could help people with the basics, like how to fill out their deposit slip or, you know, asking them information to look up their account so we can help them. Um, I know I were able, was able to do these things when she wasn't around based on some of the things that I've listened to her say, things that questions that she's asked me, etc. And I know that um, because she had went out on maternity leave, um, I know that the customers that were coming in specifically to our location to see her because she spoke Spanish they were relieved that they could still get some sort of assistance and that there was someone there that took the op- that took the time to communicate with them um, and make their experience. It wasn't obviously the same, but still better and that I had taken the time to connect with them in a different way. And um, we would continue to get, get great customer service scores and um, I would get a lot of, of great comments from that. And then when she returned... Uh, obviously we picked back up where we left. And so I don't know why I haven't been doing it. Well, now that I think about it, as I just said it, I think it's, um, I'm in a new environment now and that was so long ago. 
Um, and I haven't found anyone, you know, I think it's a comfort level, I guess is what I'm trying to say. One, I was very comfortable with her. I was willing to be vulnerable with her and, and step out of my comfort zone and stumble over my words. And even now I have great people that I could do that with and opportunities every single day. I meet a customer and they only speak Spanish and they want you know, a Spanish speaker and, and I'm not the only one, but a lot of us who don't speak Spanish will just go and get someone who does in lieu of just taking a few minutes to engage with them. Maybe we learn a few phrases from, um, you know, our family internally that do speak Spanish to get the basics out, maybe ask a few questions to get them pointed in the right direction or, uh, you know, or pretty much resolve an issue or show a few things, um, until, you know, we can get them some support. But a lot of times we're just like, okay, you need somebody to speak Spanish. Wait a minute. And we get the person and it's like, I don't even know what they want. Can you talk to them? Can we find out, you know, how we can help? And I just think if I learned a few basics that would really allow me to provide a better experience for that customer, but also help me continue to build the skill um, of learning that particular language. Um, I think that even not speaking it, but using different apps, which I have downloaded on my phone, um, when the time arises to try to communicate with people and getting into that habit a little more often would help me as well. Um, I just, you know, got to get out of my comfort zone and, and do that. And I think that those things will help me develop my language, my Spanish speaking skills in a much quicker time until I'm ready to take that on um, once I graduate. I can just think about times that, and I think this is true with anytime someone's learning a language, when you're forced into an environment in which that's the only language that people are speaking, you tend to start picking up on things right away. I can think of times that I've been on vacation and gone to Spanish speaking countries and, you know, I'm, I am speaking better Spanish when I leave than when I first arrived um, because I'm using the language and I don't know, you know, why I'm not using the language more often. So that's on the job skill number one that I can easily incorporate into my workflow every single day um, and learn new words and and new ways to communicate and brush up on my Spanish um, while I'm at work. The second on the job skill is learning new technology. This one is even easier. Um, I literally have an opportunity to do this at work every single day. Every day I'm charged with inspiring my team to learn more and to share with customers. But I can do a better job of leading by example and doing this with them. Every day I can learn new skills and share them with the team and with customers. I can learn a new app or a new feature. Um, A lot of things that are relevant and important to me, my interests, my goals, my workflow, I can do this. I do it now probably about once or twice a week, but I can be more deliberate about what it is that I'm learning and what it is that I'm showcasing to the team. And not only will this, again, help me, but it will make me a better leader for them and for our customers. Um, When I mentioned earlier that learning on the job can be taken for granted, I think this is an example. You know, I could go to work every day, day after day, and use the same apps and the same workflow and the same type of technology that I'm using and continue to be pretty successful. 
Um, but taking a few minutes to brush up on something new and incorporate that into my workflow will help me build skills um, in technology that I don't currently have. And I have a small example of what I'm talking about. Something as simple as taking notes. Um, earlier, I mentioned when I saw Thomas Friedman that I jotted down a couple of notes in the notes app on my iPhone. Um, and every single day I take notes. I have a running, my mind, as you can imagine, runs wild with ideas and thoughts all the time. And I have a terrible memory. And so um, one of the things that I do is I just take a lot of notes as soon as I think of something because I know I'm going to forget it later, either about anything, about writing, about anything, about something at work, a reminder, something I need to do. My dump, the place I dump everything is typically my notes app. And then I go through my notes app and, you know, put things in other places. Maybe it's a, you know, a calendar event or, you know, um, notes in Evernote. That's the other place that I take notes. Um, like I put notes from my podcast into Evernote. And so um, I, I kind of filter everything through the notes app and then I spread everything out into other things like my task management software. I use OmniFocus for that, um, things of that nature. What I've never used is dictation. Um, and dictation is something that is incorporated into every piece of technology that I have, my iPhone, my iPad, my Mac, um, and I never use dictation. I learned that this week while I was studying for a biology quiz, I was basically in a situation where I was working on something else. In fact, I was twisting my hair. <laughs> I was twisting my hair and I was reading um, uh, some chapters in biology. And normally as I'm reading, I will type out notes and because I was like trying to twist my hair, I was like needing to stop every two minutes to, um, to add my notes or have a thought. And I was like, why don't you just do dictation? And that way I can just read and talk out loud and take my notes. Um, and then when I went to turn on, at first I had to figure out how you turn on dictation on the Mac. And then I realized like it wasn't even enabled. I had to like enable it on my computer. And I've had this computer for almost a year now. Um, and so incorporating dictation into my workflow is a small piece of, uh, you know, a, a technology or skill set that I could be learning and developing and then demoing it. I can show this to customers. I can show this to the team when, you know, or other students that I meet. How do I take my notes? How do I organize my notes? That's a question that I get asked a lot. Um, and, you know, dictation, if I, you know, continue to develop it and get down a really good workflow, um, it's something that I can learn to use. Um, so learning the skill will help me in my personal life, my podcasting life, my writing life, at work, all of that. And who's not here for a skill that would help them with that? So incorporating new technology. My final on-the-job skill that I'm going to share with you is coding. And this one is a bit more difficult. Um, for example, I'm not going to be able to full-on code an app while I'm at work. Still, though, I have the opportunity while at work and on the job to learn a few principles of coding and some basics about coding, um, like the names of the different type of coding languages. I only know a few. I know, you know, like C++. I know Swift. Um, I know HTML, but I don't know if that's like old, if that's still a thing. 
I have no idea. Java, I think, is a coding language. Um, but I have the opportunity to learn more about coding and, and like I said, the basic principles. Um, I have at least four people on my team that are currently in coding classes or are taking computer uh, courses that uh, relate to coding in some way. I just had a fascinating conversation with a coworker who is passionate about developing her own app. And we were talking about the minority minority coding community here in the D.C. area. Um, and I've learned about, I've gone to different networking events like Women 2.0, and I've met women and minority developers. And, you know, I've heard of different organizations um, that are geared towards minority and women coding. Um, and so she and I were kind of talking about that. And I can talk about some things on a higher level and engage her in her passion. Um, but there, I do have the opportunity to learn how to code myself and, and immerse myself in that a little bit more. I had another team member, like this is his primary, you know, one of his primary jobs at work is to learn and be the subject matter expert when it comes to gaming and coding. And that's a big industry, the gaming industry. And I'm not a gamer, <laughs> but... Um, you know, the, the industry of video game coding, um, app development, things like that is a booming business and it's the way of the future. But it also, people code because they are looking to create apps that solve problems and make the world a better place and, and, and help us stay connected in different ways. I can just think about speaking a language. I remember I listened to a podcast with the um, one of the co-founders of Duolingo and how you know, he created Duolingo in this this big booming business, but he initially created it because he wanted to bring English to non English speaking countries at a more in a more accessible way. And um, these people could use the app Duolingo to learn English English to include improve their quality of life and to do it for free. They can get English certification testing for a fraction of the cost. I think it was normally like 250 and if you get Duolingo certified, it's like 20 bucks or something. Um, and, and like the, those are the reasons that like coding can change the world and have an impact on people's life. And like, I want to learn how to do that. And, you know, I don't know if I would ever code something, but it's a skill set that I could develop. And maybe if I have an idea down the line, you know, I don't necessarily need to go I can I can flesh it out on my own and you know learn a particular language and encode it overall or just have a skill set that I can take with me. My nephews, the world's greatest by the way, they're 12 and 10 respectively and they're both into coding. They've been to robotics camps and um you know coding is the way of the future. I've met so many parents and students um at work and we have conversations all the time about computer science coding and overall computer literacy. These are hot topics in the education community. And this is a skill, again, in, in at least being more literate about this community, about coding, about what can be done through code will help me be, again, a better leader, a better contributor, a better creator, and a better problem solver. So those are the three skills that I'm learning on the job. Um, again, coding, language, and um, learning just new technology overall. 
I'm going to focus on these specifically while I'm at work. They don't take additional time away from what I'm doing outside of work. And this brings me back to my challenge to you. Take a look around at work this week. What are skills that you could be learning while on the job? Again, these are skills that could make you a better contributor, leader, creator, and problem solver. Please share them with me. I'd love to get more ideas from you. Thanks so much for listening. To share your ideas with me or ask me questions, you can email me at Morris at view112.com. That's J-E-A-N-I-T-A-M-O-R-R-I-S at view112.com. If you are enjoying the View 112 podcast, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, rate it, and tell everyone. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. I'll talk to you next time. Bye.